This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. This is Dr. Leslie Knutson, and I'm with Zahara Al-Harazi. And I'm so happy to have you and so grateful that you decided to take time to be with me today. Sahara is co-founder of Skillet, an experiential marketplace for skills. She's also a consultant with some of Canada's largest companies on organizational purpose. Prior to Skillet, Sahara was the CEO and founder of Foundry Communications, a multiple international award-winning marketing and communication studio. She is one of Canada's most powerful women, WXN and Canadian Women Entrepreneur of the Year, and Calgary's Top 40 Under 40, Business in Calgary's Leader of Tomorrow, and has received the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal for contributions to Canada and the RBC top 25 immigrants to Canada. Zara is a former Canadian ambassador to UNICEF. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm going to ask you to start by sharing your very interesting and inspirational background. Oh my goodness. Where do you want me to start? How far back do you want me to go? Um, I uh, just, you know, uh, an overview so our audience can kind of get to know you a bit. Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur, um, tried and true. I, uh, I uh, tried working for a corporation once and that didn't go as well as I wanted to. And it's, I think, in, in big part because of um, just a, a an entrepreneurial mindset to just want to do things a certain way. And mm-hmm. I think that came from my childhood. And uh, I grew up in Yemen. Um, we act, act was born in Uganda, even though my passport says that I was born in Yemen, um, because we were um, uh, during the war, we left Uganda and uh, went to Yemen. And at the time, they said to my parents, it's way better to um, give me a, a, a Yemeni um, identity so that I wouldn't be discriminated against. And uh, so I grew up in Yemen. Uh, left Yemen during the war um, after my son was born um, in the war and uh, or during the war and uh, immigrated to Canada and when I got to Canada I was a um, uh, young uh, mother of three Uh, I had a high school education and and not much else and I went back to school uh, graduated at 32 started my first company and it's it's been uh, an absolutely fascinating journey since then. What about becoming an entrepreneur came out of growing up internationally in uh, in uh, Yemen, born in Uganda? You know, I think adaptability to change, being able to approach things without fear. You know, when you've experienced the worst of the worst, uh, you know, minor things like client uh, issues or budget issues become uh, very trivial. I I think I I just learned to handle things better. I learned to uh, make decisions faster because sometimes, you know, you are under pressure to just make a decision and and be able to live with it and not stress about, you know, jump first, deal with the consequences later. So I think a lot of that came from my background. 
I know that you you were determined to be you and take the path that was most about you becoming you. Where do you think got the strength, the courage, to believe that you are never not able to do something? Well, thank you for using those words. You know, it's hard to see yourself as as strong and courageous when you just do what you need to do. And uh, mm-hmm. but I, from from a lot of things, I think you know, there's multitude of experiences in my life. Just always not fitting in, belonging to a society where I, I didn't actually feel like I was a part of and and had to work hard to, to be a part of and fit in. Watching my mom navigate, you know, war, navigate a new culture. My mom's from India and having to go back to Yemen, which was such a different culture from what she was, uh, you know, uh, was born into was was tough for her. And, and just watching all of that, um, myself navigating those things, even coming to Canada as an, as a, as a new immigrant and and not really understanding what to do and how to do it. Like when I came, I didn't even I knew nothing about the business world, like nothing, right? And I was an adult with three children, and so I was starting from zero. So I think a lot of those experiences just allowed me to make fast decisions and and be able to live with the consequences. And I think that's important because you can make a fast decision in business, but the the, the result is not always going to work in your favor. And you have to be able to adapt and pivot and change and 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 move forward quickly and easily, you know, with with a minimal amount of pain. And not be scared. And not be scared. And, you yeah. know, that's uh, my, my, my daughter always gets mad at me. I always say I want to die with my heels on. And she's like, why do you say that? You know, like we want you to live forever. And I'm like, you know, I, I want you to have the best of me, not the worst of me. And I'm, I'm not afraid of, of dying young. I just want to live my life to the fullest and be happy <laughs> whenever I go. And, and I think th- that really comes from, um, I, I do have a lack of fear. That, that's not to say that I'm never fearful about anything. I am fearful about a lot of things. But, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have this shiny thing kind of <laughs> mentality and can get easily distracted and can easily move forward. And and I, I think that's what all the experiences in my life has taught me is nothing is too difficult or too big to, or unsurmountable right? Mm. Everything is doable, no matter what comes your way, you can handle it. And most people don't know that until they are in a position where they have to know that. You said something interesting about not feeling like you fit in, understandably, having grown up in Yemen, having a mom who I believe was Indian, right? And that you were raised as if you were um, Yemeni, but also kind of felt like you didn't really fit in as such. And some of the things we talked about earlier was a little bit about how in many ways you were rebellious in kind of small innocuous ways growing up but it was your way to be rebellious in order to try and fit in and i'm thinking of the the private school and also the old uh, only girls school that you went to would you share a little bit about why breaking the rules was your way of trying to fit in well, so um, initially I went to the American school, which was a school for all the foreigners. And I, I wasn't a foreigner. I was the poor scholarship kid and, you know, that my mom pulled a bunch of strings to get me into. And, and so I really didn't fit in. They lived a very different lifestyle. You know, even their pencils were different. Their holidays were different. Their food was different. And I, I just, I, all I wanted was to fit in. And I tried multiple different ways. 
uh, my dad kind of drew the line at my blonde mullet that I, uh, behind everybody's back, went and got and, uh, you know, pulled me out of there. And, and plus, uh, yeah, my behaviors were, were what I saw on TV, what I thought American kids do. So uh, pulled me, put me in an all-girls Arabic school. And I didn't fit there either. I didn't speak Arabic, right? So, because um, at home we spoke English or, or Gujarati or Hindi or Swahili or anything but Arabic. So I had to learn. I had to learn the language. I had to learn to adopt. And now I was that weird foreign kid again. What I did was um, I spoke English really well compared to everybody else. And uh, because of because of the American school and, and because of that, I used that to my advantage. So I helped kids cheat at, English exams. I did their homework for them. You know, I, I did all sorts of things that just made them more interested in wanting to talk to me. And when they started to, talking to me, you know, I, I was able to figure out how to keep them talking to me. And that was a lot of work. It was, it was a lot of work. It was no wonder that my first career when I came to Canada was in branding because I, I knew how to attract a target audience, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I learned that pretty early on. But yeah, so I, I just never fit in. And then I came to Canada and, you know, it's even even popular culture, like people talk about a movie or a show and I have no idea what they're talking about because I didn't grow up around those things. It's always a game of catch up, right? The, the idea is that for you, you were very social, or it was comfortable being social. And so that was one way to camouflage not fitting in. Yeah, I think that still is. And it's not because I don't fit in anymore, but because I am more of an introvert than I ever care to admit to. (laughs) And so, yeah, you get social, you do things like podcasts. And I've spoken on stages in front of, you know, two, three, four, 10,000 people. And I'm never comfortable at it, but it's what I need to do to build my company, to get more clients, to do everything that I need to do. And so I find a lot of um, peace in not being comfortable. And and I know that sounds really weird, but mm. um, the minute I get comfortable, I'm not, I'm not doing what I need to, to advance. Um, Can you talk you know, a little and, bit more about that? What does that mean? About not being comfortable? You know, I, I I take baby steps. I, I call them my baby steps. You know, I, I try and do things that don't always sit well with me. Like I said, I am very much of an introvert, um, but I am very social. And um, there's there is uh, there is not many cities in the world that I can go to that I don't have friends in. You know, and that's that's become a part of what I do. And I I love my friendships. Don't get me wrong, but I get exhausted by it like most introverts. But I find that, you know, the more I do, the more I get in in many different things, a in recognition, in being able to build the company, in being able to attract capital, in being able to uh, help people in, in small ways that always has been a big part of what I love doing. So I'm very scared of heights. I pushed myself to extremes to try and get over that. I jumped out of planes. I, I did all sorts of crazy things. At the end of that one, though, I realized that I'm always going to be scared of heights. And I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I'm not competing with anybody to not be scared of heights. But um, there are things I am competing for. And, and that is to build the company of my dreams. That is to um, help people in any way that I can, and which is why I got involved with UNICEF, which is why I sit on multiple different boards, which is why I got a, a medal from the Queen of England. You mm-hmm. know, those, those are things that are important to me. And, and uh, again, came from watching my mom. 
who also was a very social woman or who was she, a social woman. She is a social woman. She is I have a, social a really woman. quick, funny story to tell you. So I, I won this Canadian Female Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And um, I, I have no ego around saying that I was not the one who really won that award because one of my employees put my name in the hat. And then we found out that it was a uh, how many votes you get. So people have to vote for you, which made me go to the bathroom and throw up. I was just like, I was mortified by being in that position where I'm competing against other people and, and whatever. My mother, who was a new immigrant to Canada, walked around with this piece of paper. She got people at the grocery store to vote for me, at the mosque to vote for me. She got people at the bank to vote for me. <laughs> she, I one time had a client and many, many years later, and she's like, oh yeah, I know your mom. I one time took a yoga class with her and I voted for you in the award <laughs> so. so very supportive, very, very yes. supportive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but she knows everybody. It's rare that I go to my mom's house for dinner and there's not a new person there that she met randomly. And so here's your sociability factor, right? I mean, this is where you got, where you learn to be comfortable in all sorts of different environments. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's so important, especially for, for entrepreneurs or, you know, anybody else. You're, you're going to be put in situations that will, will test you always. And you just have to be comfortable. You know, I, I always joke about um, sticking my foot in my mouth 10 times a day. Because I'm not afraid to say what I think. It might be wrong. It might be stupid, but it might be brilliant. You know? <laughs> it seems like you have a high threshold for difficulty. We've sort of talked a little bit about why that is and a lot of it coming from sort of all the different challenging experiences you had growing up in different countries and in different settings. And then I think at a certain point, things were working out for you and you discussed that maybe it was at that moment that you started to try to falter and not feel so, so strong for a bit. So just to add to that, it is partly because of difficulties that I've faced and, and that I've overcome, but it's also partly because of a love for problem solving. Hmm. I love solving problems. It excites me to have an issue um, because now I get to, to figure it out. And so, you know, I think it's a combination of both of those things. But yeah, you know, there was a period in my life where uh, with my first company, there was a recession. Um, you know, and the first thing people cut is marketing. And uh, I was going through a divorce after 23 years of marriage. Um, my kids weren't very happy with me about it. There was just so many things. One of my key employees was um, branching out to start her own company. So there's just so many things happening in my life. I was paying an electricity bill by myself for the first time in my life. And uh, so there was excitement, and, and but, but a lot of difficulty. And that was the first time where I really examined, you know, like what is driving me? What is pushing me? Why do I do what I do? And, and I realized that the reasons weren't the same reasons that I thought they were. And that was a blinding moment um, because all of a sudden what I thought I was really passionate about, I, I really wasn't passionate about. It was a, a way to get to, to something else that I didn't know what, what it was at the time. And, uh, and so I had to do a ton of soul searching uh, understanding of myself, my fears, my shortcomings, you know, the things I'm good at, the things I'm not, the things I need to fix, the relationships that I can rely on. 
you know, there, there was just this big examination of everything. I treated myself like, like I do an, a new brand when we, when we market a new product. And I worked really hard to discover everything about it. And, and you know, who's going to buy it? Who's going to want it? What's its value proposition? Like, what was my value proposition to the world? So I really had to work hard on a lot of those things. That that work is never done. <laughs> it is extremely difficult to do. And and it's never done because you're human. You're going to change your mind and you're going to change what you like and 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 what you feel and and all of those things and and then you have to pivot again. And I think that's where people get stuck. Like they have this belief that they think they have and then all of a sudden they just don't one day, which is normal. And then they don't, they're lost and they don't know what to do. And so that was my moment. And um, I had to work really hard and I hated my company. I hated marketing. I realized that. And I, the last year of my business before I sold it, I didn't set foot in the office once. And mm. I just, I just abandoned everyone. And thankfully I had a really fantastic team, but you know, I, I really had to work hard to figure out what is it that I really want to do? Like, how do I want to navigate this life? You know, what, what, what do I want my kids to say about me when I die? You know, what is important? And, and I worked on that and um, spend um, a lot of time going in wrong directions until I think I'm, I'm hopeful that I finally landed on the right one. <laughs> so in some ways, you're comfortable with ambiguity. You can pivot because you're not stuck with what you have to do. No, and I'm not stuck with what people think I am. Mm. And and I think that's another big one. You know, we get stuck with, you know, what 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 are people going to say? That was my entire childhood. You know, growing up in Yemen, like girls especially couldn't make a move without what are people going to say? Right? It was everything was tied to your behavior. And um that was one of the things I really rebelled against. I'm like, you don't get to judge me. And you don't get to tell me what I'm going to be. And you don't get to try and fit me into a box that I just clearly do not belong in. So that became, you know, and, and sometimes you take it too far, right? I took that way too far. I just didn't want anybody to tell me anything. And I just wanted to do it my way. And I stopped listening to actually learning from other people who could see things that I couldn't. And so again, that was another pivot. So like I said, it's life is all about learning. And if you are open and willing to accept your faults and to try and work to change them, you will always be successful. Mm -hmm. um, but the minute you get stuck in a, in a thought or a position or a viewpoint, whether it's yours or, or someone else's, um, you're stuck. And it sounds like also for you, the ability to sort of try different things, as well as love of learning, as well as wanting to problem solve, means that you don't get so stuck in the nitty gritty, the difficult part, you're able to kind of eventually work out for yourself, where what is the next right step, not the next three right steps, but the one right in front of you. For the most part. I'm also smart. <laughs> I'm also smart enough to know what I don't do well. And I am not a detail oriented person, right? I'm always big picture. And so I've learned to surround myself with people that I can work with that are that detail oriented so that together as a team, 
we build something amazing. You know, it, it's so interesting. Um, I, I once uh, talked to a headhunter and it was a quick call. He was in Chicago and I was in Toronto. About 10 minutes into the call, he said to me, this guy has never met me. He didn't really know much about me until this call. And he said, you know, you are an amazing leader. Um, you really have the ability to inspire people and, and, and to help them grow. He said, but you are a terrible manager. And I said, yes, I hate managing people. I, I'm, I'm not the best mentor because I don't have a ton of patience, right? So I, I, know, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at most of the time. And so I, I, I love, love, love working with people. I love mm -hmm. working in a team because I know that there's this much that I know and this much the other person knows and this much the other person knows and together you know we we have the big picture so that's what i mean about understanding your shortcomings um, and why do you think you weren't concerned about what other people thought about you growing up oh i was growing up um initially i was i i bent myself into every single like i i did gyrations of trying to be who everybody wanted me to be and i just frustrated myself and them all the time because I never was that person. And it, one day it was almost like a light bulb went, went off and I was like, do I really care? Do I really care what they think? Do I really care? You know, and I'll give you an example. Um, I, I was so careful with my Facebook profile because in Yemen, you know, women are covered up and I, I was, and, and so I wouldn't ever wear anything sleeveless. I'd put it on private mode if I put a picture on. And one day I'm like, I'm just, no, I'm not going to let people dictate what I do with my life. And I'm just going to do what I want to do. And so I opened up my Facebook profile and I just did what I wanted. And it was really interesting because um, somebody posted a, a, an article about me in the newspapers in Yemen a number of years ago and said, you know, this is one of our girls and look at what she's done with her career. And I woke up in the morning and I had like thousands of Facebook friend requests and I freaked out because a lot of them were people from Yemen, which included men, which as a child growing up, if I talked to a boy outside the school grounds, like, I would get caned. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not even, mm -hmm. I, I absolutely, that would happen. Mm -hmm. And so I freaked out. And then I read some of the messages that they sent me. And it was so fascinating because they were like, we're so proud of you. You know, well done. Look at what you've done with your life. You and, and it just was such an amazing moment for me because all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I can be myself. And that's what makes me interesting. That might be what it might inspire the next person mm -hmm. um, to do mm -hmm. what they want to do. I work pretty hard to do exactly what I want to do and not worry about what people think. And like I said, you can't just say that. It's easy to say. And it's impossible right. to do, right? You will always worry about what people say and what they think. And, and you'll always be on your best behavior in certain situations. But I don't let it eat me up like it used to. Believe it or not, we're already at the end of our podcast. <laughs> but so inspiring and so interesting to listen to you. And I can't Thank tell you. you how much I appreciate you spending time with me. If our Thank audience you. wants to learn more about you, where can they find information on you? I have a book. <laughs> I published a book last year with HarperCollins. It's called What It Takes. And uh, it's got in between the chapters of um, what is a business memoir, there's all these um, little what it takes, what it took me, it took this and it took this and it took this and there's little anecdotes and stories in between. And um, those are my favorite parts of the book.
Um, <laughs> great, great. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. today. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I am on Facebook. So. <laughs> okay. okay, great. <laughs> All right. Thanks. This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit weglobalstudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knutson. Please drop me a line at mindsetforsuccess at weglobalstudios.com. See you next week.